Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Om Shanti. time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate, but even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul, the original, eternal imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality, or even a language. Ask yourself. How do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? Supreme Soul would think of you, and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, 
and truly who I am. A free, peaceful, pure, immortal, and eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. At this time, Hello everyone, welcome to America Meditating Radio that was letting go from Inclusion Revolution Together with Love by yours truly, Sister Jenna. So I was out the other day and with Michael Beckwith of Agape and even though I own my clubs and I used to have moves, I don't have them now. I think it's all the meditation that I've been doing. (laughs) But we were at a program and I was like, gosh, I just want to learn to bust these moves And Michael says, oh, you know how to do it. You got it. And I said, no, I don't remember. It's just not, my legs are just not moving. But sure enough, you know, I went back to a memory of my past and I could sense how my legs could move. So the point that I'm making is everything is sitting in us, you know. Everything is inside. I can let go for a little bit and forget the energy of the emotion that might be driving me at the current moment. But if I even go a little bit deeper, the memory is still there. But if I go even deeper than that, we just might bump into love. And the love becomes the means of us thinking, speaking, and making choices. We need more love. It's time for us to, it's definitely time for us to love one another more. And in the video shoot that we were with, John Legend, we started this new challenge called Love One Another Challenge. And so if you go into the America Meditating Facebook or Twitter account, or even on my personal account, Sister Dr. Jenna, you'll get to see a sample of what is actually emerging. Because on February 14, 2020, the song will be released, and he and his nephew will be producing the song together. And it was really um, a brainchild of his nephew, who's under 18 and just was so affected by all the gun violence in the country. And he would just walk around the house singing, hey, love one another, love one another, ah, hey. And then his dad heard and says, why don't you go talk to Uncle John? I think that really sounds like a good track. And sure enough, they went into the studio, and we've got churches that are doing the love one another challenges, and we have some interviews coming up, and so it's spreading. So please, come on board. Do a love one another challenge, whether it's in your workplace at your university, at your school, at home with the family and friends. Let's say if someone's about to get really upset, wave your hands up in the air, put your left symbol on, sway left to right. That's it. Let's love one another. I, I don't know how much longer we can take with all this hate and prejudice and division and all of this is just not serving us as the better people that we are. And we're going to need to make that shift. Despite whatever you feel is happening, We're all in this together, every single one of us. And we played a role in what we're witnessing in America and in the world. And so we need to start to really find ways to, I don't know, just live like we have sense, you know, like we have common sense because we just can't keep continuing the way that we have. Today I'm really happy to be welcoming two of our guests because are you ready for a real profound shift in your perceptions of love, life, death, and even an afterlife? Well, I guess today are Jocelyn Montanaro and Catherine Weisenberg, who are co-authors of the new book, Beyond Ever After. They join us to share some of their amazing experience with all of this. And for many years, Jocelyn Montanaro was a lawyer, working with divorcing couples, criminal defendants, and in general, litigation. But she also helped her husband, Kevin, with his very successful legal mediation practice. Jocelyn is an avid reader, but never imagined being an author. With some surprise and apprehension, 
As a selected messenger, she shares a story of her life just before and after Kevin's death, her husband. Jocelyn recognizes the responsibility she has in sharing with others the story of love beyond ever after. And our second guest, Catherine Reisenberg, has been sharing her unique ability to communicate and dialogue with God, the deceased, and coma patients for several decades. To retain a lasting record of these communications, Catherine writes the conversations longhand as they are occurring, calling them writings. Although intimate to the recipient, the writings often involve universal themes of self-growth, interpersonal relationships, and life changes. She's grateful to serve others by facilitating the transmission of spirit, wisdom, and healing energy today. We welcome Catherine and Jocelyn to the air. Welcome, ladies. So glad that you could join us today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us. You're so welcome. Let me start off with Jocelyn, right? Because there's a lot happening. And this particular area, I have an idea about it. I do know that we're all souls. And I do know that thoughts create vibrations. And I know that even when I leave a room, the vibrations of my thoughts linger in the room until maybe many other thoughts come in to delete it or remove it from the space. So I do believe that even when we transition from one lifetime to another, there is a vibration that's still lingering. And I think many of us still need some insights into how to navigate with that. So Jocelyn, I'd love if you could set up your experience that actually introduced you to Catherine and then we can go further on into our conversation together. I was introduced to Catherine by my sister Vicky. Vicky and had been friends with Catherine for years and had many writings which you've described with her which gave her life transforming insights and also great comfort. Mm. And so Catherine, you know, I understand that you use your special gift allowing Jocelyn to communicate with her husband Kevin who was leaving the body from brain cancer while he was in a coma. So can you tell me, you know, how was that starting to sort of unfold for you as well? Uh, Initially, Initially. I was, uh, you know, God's cosmic joke or the universe. I was uh, in a graduate program studying communication, and Spirit had another plan for me, apparently, when I started having these uh, unique experiences and abilities where I would know things, speak to people, sometimes cryptic messages, and they would respond and uh, complete strangers, mind you, and have uh, releases and breakthroughs. And I, at, in the onset, I could take people's hands and the energy current would go from them through me out the top of my head, and I would be in their trauma experiences seeing it as if them, and they would release it, and it would be gone completely. And now what I do, and probably for the last 25 years, is much more refined, and I just connect with spirit. I believe we're all sitting in an energy field of love and consciousness, And for whatever reason, I'm able to connect with that and pull in information and um, very specific information. And um, it's a wonder all the time. I mean, I get to see this love in action changing lives and uh, impacting Mm. people and people empowering themselves to touch that innate spirit that dwells in each of us. So I don't know that there's anything unique about me. I think we all have this capacity, and once we open to more and more of this loving spirit, miraculously it will work more through us and do service. Yeah, I get that. I think some of us are holding on to such limited belief systems that we're not able to be much as a much of a channel for God's love and purity to work through us. So, Catherine, how would you define God and spirit and What would you say is your current belief? I mean, does love Um, transcend death? Absolutely. Love is internal. Love is throughout the universe. It is in all states of consciousness, whether you're in a body or out of a body. It's ancestral. 
it's who we are. Our souls and our spirits are our true essence. And I know in my work over this 30 years, it that's not just a trite comment or a wishful thought. It is the truth. And we all have those intimate moments where our spirits are alive and vibrant and we're accessing them. So, and I think God, spirit, whatever you want to call that, um, universal love, Buddha, it doesn't matter your vocabulary because we are spiritual beings and spirits embedded in us and it goes before us and it goes with us. And there, I like to think of it as no separation. There's no separation between us and any of this the love particles that fill the universe. We get as humans attached to densities, but that's not who we are. And some of us have to drop the body to really drop that story completely. (laughs) Mm, I can get that. So can you share what your experience has been when you're doing the God writings? I mean, do you get into a space where you're completely detached from Catherine, the, the I, the me, the mind? And do you just allow the energy of God's light to just say, okay, tell me what needs to be told? You know, I have no process in the sense that it's always available. Now, I'm a meditator, but it's very different from meditation. I believe this, I can do it right now, right here, this moment. It's always accessible. So there's no process of getting in. I'm fully present I'm me. Uh, the God energy is a separate, a separate energy field than I am. And if deceased people or people in comas like Jocelyn's husband and our book, I call them drop in. If they drop in, they do. I just show up agendaless and trust and know, and my experience is that it is always available. So, and I know that from experience it's it's always exactly what the person needs and I don't need to know what that is it's not my product right. I usually know nothing about these people but God knows and I used to say before we wrote this book if people found me so off the grid then God arranged it now with the book i'm a little bit more out there on the grid so and i'm also trusting spirit okay you know all right spirit because that's my highest purpose is to be of service Catherine, that's wonderful have you ever had moments when there is just no transmission at all and if so what have you done i've never had that occurrence it is always available never and that's what i think spirit is Spirit is always available, and I just show up, and I know, and of course, you know, thousands of experiences, I know that this is a porous reality filled with so many expanding opportunities, and I just move out of the way, and I just let spirit work through me, you know. Mm, Love it, love it. So, Jocelyn, let's go to you. What was your initial reaction when Catherine began sharing her first writings with you? And at what moment were you actually convinced that you were actually connecting again with Kevin? Well, you know, my initial reaction, I have to tell you, there aren't words to adequately describe it. It was amazing, Mm. life-altering, scary, and comforting all at the same time. It was every emotion because my husband had been in a coma for 26 days, and I really had my doubts that Catherine could do what I'd been told that she could do. And when we first started the writing after the God introductions, which are beautiful, Catherine could speak to that more, I asked after my husband, through Catherine, through the writing, said some general things about my our kids and I thought well she could have gotten that information from my my sister <laughs> who obviously and so I did a kind of a test question and I asked my husband through Catherine you know what was the last thing he remembered and he recounted word for word what the surgeon had told us his last words were before going into surgery 
so you know how when um, there's a, when there's an operation, the doctor comes out afterwards and, yes. and tells you, you know, how things go. And she said, you know, before I get into all that, everything's fine. She said, before I get into all that, I have to tell you, you know, your husband is just the nicest man. As we were wheeling him into the operating room, he reached up and grabbed my hand and said, thank you for doing this, Linda. That was her name, the surgeon's name. And so when I asked him what's the last thing he remembered, he said, I remember going into surgery, reaching up and taking Linda's hand and, and saying, thanks for doing this, Linda. And when Catherine conveyed that, I was floored because the only people that heard that were me and my kids. And, you know, literally half an hour and after that, an yeah. artery tore in his head and he had a massive stroke and everything went, you know, fell apart. And I never repeated it to anyone because it just was not in my mind. So that's when right. I knew it was him because there's no way she could have known that. Now, did what Catherine offered either reinstill faith, amplify faith, clarify faith? Because he was fine to some extent. He goes into the surgery it gets worse than you would have ever imagined. Did you ever sort of find yourself going, God, why did you do this? He's such a good man, and, you know, yeah. Well, I I was beyond that. I was just, I mean, I my husband was a very spiritual and faith-filled man. I wasn't, and we used to joke that it was his thing, not mine, and I wasn't a believer and I'm a direct experience kind of a person, and I never read uh, religious texts or spiritual books like he was always doing. And so if there was a God, I was so pissed off at him um, anyway, sure. and I was constantly just like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding. This, me, him, this wonderful <laughs> man, and I was furious. And um, so when Catherine, um, actually when she first offered to do this, She's also a prayer chaplain. I said, you know, I don't want to do this. And she said, how, how about I pray with you? And I'm like, God, no. Are you kidding? I've been praying like crazy, and all that's happened is he's getting sicker. So I went through this whole experience from having no belief and really no faith to just a complete conversion because this gift of the Spirit that she has, it's all about love and God and you can't go through what I went through and not just be completely transformed and have a complete turnaround at least in my for me about what is really there and that's one of the reasons the main reason I we wrote this book is I hope other people even though they don't have the direct experience I've had that they will read about mine and it it will bring them comfort in circumstances like I have have had to right. go through and faith if they haven't had it before. Right, I get that. I'm just getting this thought about what is your view now on death and a possible afterlife? In other words, are you now sure, Jocelyn, that we really are souls? The soul is an immortal energy. It never dies. It exists. And do you believe in rebirth? because of what you've been through. Absolutely. I In one of the writings um, Kevin shared, he said that death is not a failure. And I think everyone fears death because it's a big unknown. Even if they believe in an afterlife through faith or other religious or spiritual beliefs, you know, it's an unknown. But for me, because through Catherine, I've had these conversations with Kevin in the afterlife, I know that it isn't possibility it's a reality and in the writings he shares you know he's happily ensconced in this new life and i know that one day i'll be joining him so that means if you're joining him would you say that you'd be joining him up there in heaven or in another lifetime for example my mother and i were so connected to the hip it's like so weird like i'll tell you i have no idea how many birds i've had with you but, you know, after this one, just make sure we just really have a great time, okay? <laughs> and it's just like a very unique conversation. And I think maybe it just has to do with just where the soul is at that time. I mean, do you think you'll meet up there, somewhere up there in the sky? Or for me, I feel like our meeting with bees that we're so close, and I feel we still have more love to share. I'll come back, and I'll meet you in another name, in another country, maybe another language, and... I'll continue my love with you. What are your thoughts? Well, I think I'm going to be meeting him in the new life, meaning the afterlife. Mm -hmm. In the book, in the God writings, he God refers to as the new life where Kevin has gone, 
with the emphasis not on the afterlife, that this life is the real one, the one that really counts. So I think I'm just going to be joining him in that new life. But like your mother, I when I mm-hmm. first met my husband, I just we always felt that we were just so connected in a way that was just visceral, you know, and mm-hmm. I never wanted to be anywhere other than with him and it I never was. We were we were joined at the hip like you and your mother and there's just no way that after this experience is over that I know we're not gonna be joined at the hip wherever that is. <laughs> I got you. I got you. That's beautiful. So in regarding both of you, what made the two of you decide to actually turn this book into an experience? What was the genesis behind that? Maybe Catherine? Yeah. Well, you know, God has been nudging me, our spirit's been nudging me for years to write a book. And this one was so incredible because Kevin roused himself out of a 26-day coma. And we had several writings, six of them are in the book. And anyway, I invited Jocelyn to go to a Mary Morrissey Dream Builders Live event down by LA and she doesn't she'll tell you even today she doesn't speak spiritual or you know this personal growth kind of stuff although you've moved the needle quite a bit right Jocelyn uh, (laughs) anyway she said uh, you know if you ever want to tell this story you know I said this is an amazing story and I feel like it has a lot of you know a lot of value for other people and so she on the way home from that event said you know if you want to write this book I'll help you and that it, it you know uh, I think the book like all these things we do in life sometimes have greater destinies that are pulling us to them you know mm-hmm. and together we were able to move it forward and it really is a four-part narrative the book is Jocelyn myself providing spiritual perspective and a broader framework to understand some of the things that are discussed there. And Kevin, in his own words about his death experience, um, his last goodbye to his children in hospice, and that their love is eternal. It's just fascinating. Now, how do you write a book like this, ladies? You know, your book is written in four voices, Jocelyn, Catherine, Kevin, you know, Jocelyn's deceased husband, and God. So how did you both decide to, you know, put the book where it includes each one's unique perspective or experience? Wasn't that a sweet challenge, Jocelyn, for example? Well, yes, but when I decided I'll I'll help you with it, I'm kind of an all-or-nothing person. Well, not kind of. I am an all-or-nothing person. (laughs) And I just, I went to work and I said, I'm going to quit or take a leave of absence for a month, and I'm going to write a book. And most of the book, a lot of it is already written because we have the writings, and six of the complete writings are in the book, which is communications are in there. Um, So for me, it wasn't hard because when you know the story you're going to tell, it's not hard to do it. So I just dropped my life, and for a month, 10 hours a day, I wrote this book, my sections, and then I gave it to Catherine, and I said, okay, you know, I'm done. And here you go. And, of course, it took her longer than a month because her stuff is very content-heavy and has to, you know, it's more about explaining the spiritual implications of the narrative. So it it took a while to kind of get it all done, but I just did mine, and then she just did hers, and we melded it all together, and it it came out great. It's just, it's a really, um, I think the different voices uh, keeps it interesting and keeps it moving along, and there's just different stories to tell everyone has a different something different to offer and it's all in there which is which i think really makes it a good read well it sounds like it really should become a movie because it just well like we've, we've not... had option offers already we're <laughs> well, we're waiting we're holding don't off no. but go for yeah, it don't it hold off like, yeah. go for it we say it's like evan alexander meets ghost meets uh uh, Nicholas Sparks because oh, of wow. the love factor and then to be placed in a context of all these other experiences and the common themes and um, and you know 60% of the book is the actual writings of the sessions and God, wow. the God writings of course are beautiful narratives that relate to everyone regardless of what your 
challenges are or what you're going through. And that God energy is transformative. To have contact with it is transformative. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I think we really need to bring God into our conversations now because there's a lot going on in the world, whether you are physically in a body or transitioning to another or going up above. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is in the book you state that we don't have to wait for an afterlife to fully be ourselves or to experience and be the infinite love and connection that we are. So in the work that you do, you find that people struggle with really accepting this reality. Would you and Jocelyn like to speak to that? What are your thoughts? Well, I think that fear is something that shuts us down rather than opens us up. And unfortunately, we live in a, an environment uh, even more so now that exploits that lack, division, fear. And I think that love is our true nature. It's our essence. Spirit is who we are. And I think when people have those experiences, rather than push them away, I mean their own experiences, that you're in the kitchen and you smell your grandmother's perfume and you're like, your deceased grandmother, you're like, oh, oh, that's nothing. It must have just been. I think when we can gravitate and allow ourselves some of these most intimate experiences, that that opens us up to see more, experience more. And yes, I mean, love is our nature and to be able to express that, I mean, that's our hope for the book, is that death is going to happen to all of us, and it's one mm-hmm. of our greatest fears, but we can live now. In the book, Kevin talked to his children on his deathbed through my facilitation, and he talks about his credo for life and trying to make it better place for everyone. And I know from my work with people, having these experiences where you know that it can't be made up that a total stranger knows something or uses a reference to your heart. I did a writing for a child who was on their deathbed and early on, very early on when this gift appeared. And I got a call from a hospice worker and she said, you know, we have a child and the mother thinks she has something to say because we all know those stories where somebody hangs on for somebody to arrive before they'll die, you know, before they'll let go. And that child was able to tell her parents, thank you, tell them conversations they had had that morning about their lives together. And she'd been comatose for a long time. And those people were cracked open, of course, through the death of their child, but also that their child was being loved. And the little child talked about the passage of that was going on, being loved in the same way the parents would love the child, even cited the mother's favorite flowers. And so I think that we all have this opportunity to be kind and loving and to trust our innate loving self and bring that yes. forward. Beautiful. Well said. So, Jocelyn, how do you suggest people will view life from a heart-based lens rather than a mind-based one? Well, you know, honestly, I think Catherine is better suited to answer that. For me, I was always (laughs) mind-based, and (laughs) it's true, and still kind of am, you know, being a lawyer by training and everything. But having this experience and this kind of heart-to-heart communication which I had with Kevin because during these writings, you know, he was in a coma or deceased, and he says in the writing that he is speaking to me from his heart. And it's not his head because his head's gone. He had brain cancer. It's speaking to me from his heart. And I just try myself. What this experience has done for me is, you know, I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. I don't even sweat a lot of the big stuff. And I and I try mm-hmm. with people to be, you know, more deal with them more from my heart and my head. And you didn't know me before, obviously you don't know me at all, but I was a lot more high strung than I am now. And I have been able to just kind of let all that go and also not feel like I have to control everything because 
I know that what should be leading me is my heart, and I try to do that, not successfully all the time, but it's definitely changed the way that I interact with other people. Well, I think you answered that perfectly. See, you knew exactly how to answer that question. (laughs) Our readers are also, um, you know, we're getting feedback, and people are saying, I went into this interaction with my boss with a heart-to-heart approach, and this is how it went. I would have normally done it from my head, but this I handled this situation heart-to-heart. And so people are implementing this idea and way of being, which, you know, for us, when you write a book, you're doing it on your own, is so enriching to hear that it actually is, has that ripple effect for people in their own lives, which so is what plans? we're all here for. Exactly. Any plans for another book? And hopefully nobody really has to start to transition to the new life for a new book. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I think uh, I have, we just – go ahead, Catherine. <laughs> I've got hundreds and hundreds of these experiences, so – I think the nudges keep coming from spirit, yes. Yeah, so. great. Glad to hear that, glad to hear that. Jocelyn, you were going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say that I think uh, before we think about another book, we have to. We want to really get this one out there. Kevin, one of his uh, wishes was to take a missions trip in life, and he was too sick and never really got to do that. And I feel like this book is that mission trip that he never was able to take. And so I'm really focused on getting this out there before even think about doing something else because I think the messages in here are really important for people who already have faith and a belief in something else, but more for the people like me who didn't. I mean, this isn't a book I would have ever read, but having had this experience and having it be so transformative, I just want to do whatever I can to help other people have that same transformation. That's beautiful. Well said. So where can our listeners find out more information about the book? And are you all on any book tours of any kind? We just, the book just came out recently. We will be touring. The book's available on Amazon, Beyond Ever After, A Heart-to-Heart Journey Through Death and the Afterlife. And we also have a website, which is beyondeverafter.com, where people can share their own Beyond Ever After stories because many people have no form. They're embarrassed to share these things, and yet we're all having them. We're all having mystical, wonderful, heart-opening, expanding experiences and really hope to provide a form for that and hope that the book stimulates dialogue amongst people and mostly empowers them to trust themselves. Their wisdom and their divine connection. Jocelyn, any Mm. thoughts about our conversation today? Yes, I wanted to say that after I had this experience with Kevin and Catherine, I had other, my mother just recently died, and she died in the same hospice facility that um, Kevin died in, and literally the same month he died in, six years later. And I had a completely different experience. I wasn't fearful, I wasn't freaked out, because I knew that her death wasn't the end of the road, you know, so to speak. It it made it not a tragedy, just a transition. And I think if people, especially as, I mean, I'm getting older, I'm almost 60, and I'm experiencing death a lot more because I'm older, and people around me are dying more, and to be able to have that experience with someone and their family and have them see that you're not, you know, panicked about what's happening, that there's, it's not like there's something wrong. You know, this is just yes. the next thing. And that well, gives death me Well, that's like a changing, changing a shirt, right? I mean, it's, if we're attached to the outfit, we're like, no, 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 I want to wear this pair of pants for another 80 years. I mean, that's going to be painful. Yeah, and it's funny. My mom wasn't a a believer, and and I don't mean that you have to believe to subscribe to a certain religion or anything, but she just didn't know if there's anything. And, and, you know, and she knew my whole life. I I had no religious upbringing, and none of us were religious. And I just kept saying to her, you know, Mom, you're going to be fine. And it's my job is just to make sure you're not in any pain until you get there, but I'm not worried at all 
that there isn't something else, you know, for you. And me being calm about it because she trusted my analytical skills because of, you know, my career, I think it really helped her and those around her because I wasn't, focus wasn't on, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is horrible. It's just like, well, let's just, let's just do this, you know? Thank you so much. By chance, do you have any writings that you could share before, like a closing sharing that oh. maybe? Yeah, that would be oh. so sweet to just hear one. Oh. Do you have any on top of your yes. head? Yes. Oh, I have a Good. great one. <laughs> oh, I thank you so much for offering that. I have one. I, j- I put my phone on airplane mode, so let me just pull it. I think this one is 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 amazing. And one of my, um, it's short, and it's a, it's a favorite, so I will get that up. How about I just do yeah. one for you right now? Totally okay, yours. <laughs> all right, I'm writing now. Well, yeah, maybe that's how spirit wanted it. When Catherine is doing a writing, this is one of the ways that you know it's absolutely legitimate, is she writes so furiously fast, like she's, just it's like a download and and then she'll pause and it pauses and read it and you'll be like how could you write that so quickly because it's you know there's no way that she could think it up as she's doing it i'm holding my silence i'm staying neutral i trust it's all good if you're tuning in to america meditating right now i'm actually getting a live on-air reading by jocelyn montanaro and I'm having a conversation with Katherine Weisenberg, authors of Beyond Ever After. It's a book in which it documents um, Jocelyn's husband's departure of his journey and how Catherine was able to be able to pick up the thoughts and the feelings of Kevin before he transitioned into his next incarnation. He's off and running. Okay. No worries. Yes. <laughs> God welcome Sister Jenna. From the glorious light of unbanded beauty, there is no separation. Free from form, but connected in the sweet oasis of vast, borderless love. Glorious is this bridge that expands through spirit. Infinite is this love. The sweet beauty is not a vibration, but a truth reality. You are love. Receive yourself. Go with God. Amen. Accepted completely. Thank See? you for your patience. <laughs> Jocelyn, you were supposed to do my reading, not somebody else's. Come on, I'm still here. Let's go. This is great. <laughs> Thank you so much, so, ladies. Well, it was yeah. a delight. All right. It was a delight. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having and us. Any closing remarks? Would you like to leave us with a website? Thank you for okay. having us. And we do have a website, beyondeverafter.com. And our book is available on Amazon, Beyond Ever After. And we hope uh, your listeners read it and enjoy it and share their experiences with us on our website. Great. And, Catherine, were you going to have a final remark? Something was pressing in your thoughts? Just thank you for what you do and the service you provide and being a light and Mm. illuminating all of us with the loving spirit of you. Oh, you're an angel. Thank you so much. All the very best, ladies. Lots of continued success. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, Take care. Bye-bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, we just got some insights into having no fear for the life after. It's really about the way that you're living now. Love is the key. Love is the fuel. Love is the injection. Love is the antibiotic. And, you know, something that my great-great-grandfather always told me, um, Brahma Baba, he says, nothing remains hidden. Your thoughts will not remain hidden, especially to those who are experts in understanding vibrational frequencies. So for more information on Beyond Ever After, please contact beyondeverafter.com to get a hold of Catherine and Jocelyn's new book, going to be a great read. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same. I guess I just have to play today's song on Flying Free by Bliss. Take care, everyone. All the best.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.